Again, so great to see you, everyone. Galatians 3, verse 10 says this. Those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. We'll talk about that in a minute. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. So it's clear We've already seen this in Galatians, but, and you're probably noticing Paul just, he's repeating himself, and he's doing a similar teaching over and over and over again. And you might be going, man, we get it. I understand it's grace, it's faith in Christ, it's not the law, it's not religion, it's not what I can do. We get it, why does he keep saying it? Well, I think he keeps saying it because we're so prone to do that. And we're so prone to forget, and we're so prone to forget that it's faith in Christ alone that saves, and it's faith in Christ alone that sustains us and helps us grow. And helps us live for him. And I think he, uh, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, knows the human heart, knew the human heart, knew his own heart. Remember, he said, I'm the most religious person there was. And he knew our tendencies. And, and the scriptures always speak to the heart of the matter. And they always speak to uh, the heart of what we struggle with the most. And what we struggle with the most, almost in every area of our lives, but especially in the area of spirituality and our relationship with God, is we struggle with control. And so our desire is to take it back what God has done and what Christ has done for us. And our desire is to control our lives in such a way that we even control him. And we want to control how he moves in our lives and how he lives through in and through us. And we want to control our own journey. And so it is good to constantly be reminded and for the word to repeat to us a lot that nobody is made right with God by trying to be religious or keep the law or keep rules. That we are made right with God through faith in Christ alone. And so what's good about the repetition and the reminding, it's the law of the learner. We learn by hearing things repeated over and over again. It's true in business. It's true in public speaking. It's true in your home and with your parenting and with your friends. And it's certainly true when it comes to trying to live for God. And so Paul knew he struggled, he knew his friends struggled, he knew the people that he was trying to teach struggled, and through the power of the Holy Spirit and his word that is spoken to us, knew we would struggle with this. Because we are, are seekers of control. But, but following Christ involves the greatest act of submission and humility to his power and authority in our lives and not our own. And what's beautiful about grace is that it gives us the opportunity and the ability to submit to Christ in such a way that he leads us to the place we want to be anyway because he's that good, he's that powerful, he's that gracious, and what he has laid out for us is ultimately the best for us. So he said it's clear. So is it clear? I don't know if it's always clear to me. But I know I need to keep hearing it over and over and over again because I have to fight my own desire to control my life, and even to control my relationship with God. So he says it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But, 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 Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. I mean, 
does that make you feel good today? <laughs> cursed by the law, cursed by our flesh, cursed by who we are, cursed by how we were born. The curse is sin. It is our condition. It is the human condition that none of us could have avoided. And it is the thing that we, ultimate thing, that we cannot control because we cannot save ourselves from it. But what's so amazing about Jesus and his grace and his death on the cross is that he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. And I'm pretty thankful for that. I'm ultimately thankful for that. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Those that that transgressed the law and broke the law, guys, were, were, were killed. Oftentimes they lost their lives. And then they hung them up outside the city so that people would know what they did and so that they would recognize it as a result of the curse. It's graphic, isn't it? It's a big deal. But he, but he says it here, in an intense way, to give us the picture that spiritually this was us. This is us. But because Christ was hung on a tree, he pays the penalty of that sin for us by being hung on a tree. So he takes on the penalty of sin and the curse so that we wouldn't have to. So we don't have to be put on display anymore. We can be actually put on display as those who have been redeemed, those who have been rescued, those who have been saved. Our lives should not communicate the depth and the intensity and the horribleness of the curse. They should communicate the beauty and the passion and the joy and the freedom of grace and of salvation. That's what our lives should communicate to the world and to each other. Why? Because through Christ, Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham. So this curse is on all, and this salvation is for all. The Jew and the Gentile, all nations, all races, the world. So that we who are believers might receive, there it is, the promised Holy Spirit Through faith. He said, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written. Here's why the law doesn't work. Because you can't just be saved. If the law is going to save you, if your religion is going to save you, if your rules and your checkboxes are going to save you, you have to make sure that you follow all of the law And all of the commands. Because if you didn't follow all of the law and all of the commands, then without the whole of the law, it will not give you life. And so Paul said that's why it's impossible. Because it is impossible for us to be saved by keeping all of the law and all of the commands. And he even quotes Deuteronomy 27, 26, which says, Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, by doing all of them. What, what was he talking about? Well, this is what the pronunciation of the curses in December, in, in, Deut- in December, yeah, in Deuteronomy 27. It was, might have been in December when they talked about it. I don't know. 
What's interesting about this is, let me read a couple of these. This is, this is crazy. This is, this is graphic. Listen, these are the laws that were pronounced on the same day that Moses gave charge to his people. You realize, the book of Deuteronomy is, is a set of speeches, farewell speeches by Moses. He's talking to his people, the children of Israel, and, and then the Levites are going to give them uh, the law to the people of Israel as they cross over the Jordan River to the various tribes. And this is what some of the laws were. Ready? Cursed is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols are the work or craftsmanship or detestable to the Lord. And all the people reply, amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors his father and mother. Kids in the room. Um, Curses anyone who steals property from a neighbor. Curses anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road. That's interesting. Curses anyone who denies justice to foreigners. Hmm. Orphans or widows. We'll skip some of these sexual curses because there's kids in the room. Cursed is anyone who attacks a neighbor in secret. Not only, you're not cursed even if you just beat up your neighbor, but you can't beat up your neighbor in public. You do it when nobody's watching. Cursed is anyone who takes payment and kills an innocent person. What, what, what? And then in verse 27 it says, Cursed is anyone who does not affirm and obey the terms of these instructions. Cursed is anyone who does not obey all of them. So this is why Paul says, after Christ, post-Calvary, post what Christ did on the cross, the law no longer even has the ability to save because if it did, it would be necessary for us to not just keep a couple of them but we must keep them all. So in our systems that we come up with to be acceptable to God and be loved by God, you better make sure that you have the right system to start with, which is impossible to frame it. So I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. But let's say you do have your own system. Make sure that in your particular system of all your checkboxes of, of how it makes you acceptable to God, you keep them all. Because without keeping them all, you can't get you there. And Paul really, in a sense, is saying this to really illustrate again that it doesn't matter if it's one or all. It's not sufficient enough to save you. It's faith in Christ. Imagine if this is how we lived. But what's weird is that's how we live. Imagine if we made up a list for Olivia. And we made this list. And we hung it up at the house. And we sat her down and we said, Olivia, look at this list. These are things on a list that we are going, mommy and daddy are going to keep track of. And if you do all these things, not just one of them, not just a couple of them, but you have to keep them all. And if you do all these things, Liv, if you, if you get them all right, mommy and daddy will accept you and love you. No, no, no. This is, this is how this works. Can you imagine what that would do to our daughter? Can you imagine the anxiety and the insecurity and the fear? Can you imagine the... The, the lack of understanding of grace 
And then the guilt that come, would come along with that. Imagine if it wasn't just like us and we have one child. Imagine if you had multiple kids. Imagine the conceit and the rivalry when one kid was making the list and the other one wasn't. Oh, mommy and daddy will love you if you get all this right. That's why Paul says in capsule, the law is do this and you may live. Do this and this might save you. Do this and you'll be accepted. Do this and you'll be loved. All of it now. Get it right, Livy. And mommy and daddy will express grace to you. And will accept you and will express love to you if you can pull that off. This is a great metaphor for how we treat our relationship with God. We, we desire to control it in such a way that we believe we have a part in our salvation apart from his grace. And so we're so prone to make lists. But Paul said if you make your list, it has no guarantee that it will save you. In fact, it won't. But if you do make your list, make sure you keep them all. Really what he's saying is, you can't. So stop. Stop it. You guys ever seen the Bob Newhart video uh, where he's doing the counseling piece? Have you guys seen this? It's the greatest thing. When I was a, a part of a counseling group, we used to watch it at the end of every week just to like download um, and to de-stress after counseling all week long. This guy comes in to see him and he's got all these problems and at every interval he just goes, stop that! And then the guy goes, well, I, you know, I've been doing this. Stop! Well, I, I, I have this problem in my life. Stop it! Go watch it. It's pretty funny. You know what? God in Christ, Paul even, through his scriptures as he teaches us, he's telling that to us. Stop! Stop it! Stop this thing with the religion and the law. You won't get there. You cannot check all the boxes. But because we desire that so much, we want to be able to control it in that way. Here's what's beautiful, though, about God's grace. It says, believe. Faith in Christ alone saves you. Believe and you will live. And what's amazing about this is that as we believe and live, we are able to do what's right. Isn't that amazing? So as we relent to, to God and we submit to Christ in faith and what he did for us that we could not do, checked all the boxes that we could not check, took away the curse that we were born with, did it in the sufficiency. The Bible says he did it once. He won't do it again. It's done. It's complete. It's finished. When we, in faith, through grace, receive that and his Holy Spirit in our lives, then we're able to do what he desires for us to do anyway because his power is in us to do it. And so all these things that we're supposed to do and the good that we're supposed to do, I love the scriptures also, same writer Paul who says that God ordains you to do good things from long ago. He had a plan for your life. I want you to do great things, things that bring God glory, things that bless other people, things that others cannot explain and you cannot explain in and of yourself. This is his purpose and design and desire for your life. And the beautiful thing is through your relationship with Christ, he gives you the power to do it anyway. Not the boxes, not the rituals, not the tradition, not the things that you think and I think 
saves us. My favorite, one of my favorite passages in all the scriptures, Romans 8, illustrates this. Listen to me as I read it or follow on the screen. Maybe this will set you free today. So there is no condemnation. There is now. So now. So now in Christ. So now in faith. So now through his grace, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, this is where it gets good. So everybody can accept the theory that Christ saves and that he's saved. And, and, and even if we stood up here and gave you the apologetic and said, oh, he died on the cross. It was a historical event. People witnessed it. People witnessed his resurrection. This happened. We, we know it happened. You're not believing in a myth. Even if you accept those facts, even if you accept that as a theory, that, that's not enough. The Holy Spirit does his work in faith, in those things that Christ did, in that thing that Christ did. And what Christ did was this. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death, has freed you from the curse, has freed you from uh, trying to do the law to be better and to be rescued and to be set free. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. He knew how weak we were. He knew our sinful nature would have this desire to want to take it back and control it. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. So that the full, the just requirement that God required in his holiness to be reconciled to him, what the law just couldn't quite measure up to, it was fully satisfied in Christ. For us. who no longer follow our sinful nature. This, this, this is it. This is it right here. Ready? Free to live. Who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So the Spirit of God in Christ is in us. It has overwhelmed and overcome the curse. The Bible says that he, by his death on the cross, that he shamed the evil powers and Satan himself, that he was, he was brought to shame and destruction, and the Bible says he has put them under his feet. You ever been, I went to Carolina, played at Carolina, I know what total destruction means. Okay. My friend Matt Joyner served on my team in Louisville. He played college baseball at Robert Morris College in Chicago. He told me this story one time about when he was a sophomore, uh, they went to play the University of Illinois in baseball. And he said it was just an opening series that they always played just to, so this big-time team could, could get some swings and get some practice and so the little team could get some money and some exposure, pretty much is what happens. I don't know, I didn't go look this up, but he said for a while, they were beaten so bad 
by this team that for a while it actually was a either tied or broke the NCAA record for a number of runs that, that a team could lose by. And, and he said it was just humiliating and devastating, and at the end it was almost comical, like how ridiculous it was and how embarrassing and how shameful as an athlete, you got to sit there and endure this thing that, that would break a record. Not, not because you, you did something good, but because you were getting your behind beat so bad. And it was just total destruction. I was thinking about this week. This is what the death of Christ on the cross did to the curse. This is what it means in the scriptures when it says it shamed them and put them under his feet. It just steps all over it and destroys it. And through the cross makes it his grace available to you and me. Total destruction. Total wipeout. Record breaking. So that you and I no longer have to follow our sinful nature. But because Christ in his death on the cross, doing what we could not do, gives us his spirit. So instead we get to follow him. And he who made us and who loved us and who knows what's best for us and who desires the best out of us gives us the ability to do it through him. Works out anyway. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. He took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone, talking about the curse, Cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. So guess what Christ did? Hung on a tree. Verse 14, through Christ Jesus, God's blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. So that he, we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit in faith. You're not alone. And Christ did this for you and me to live. And he's more than enough. Watch how he's more than enough. In this passage, we see the curse of sin. And then Christ redeeming it. In this passage, we see God's promise. God's promise to Abraham through his covenant. God's promise to Moses through his covenant. God's promise to David through his covenant. God's promise fulfilled in Christ Jesus once and for all. God's promise fulfilled in Christ. Christ redeems. God's promised covenant to us fulfilled in Jesus. And then guess what? The Holy Spirit we see in this passage given through who? Jesus. He's, he's all you need. This is the enduring message. All you need is in Christ. There is no reason to go back to your system. There is no reason to go back to your law. And there's no reason to go back to your religion or what you were trying to do before or now. Let's review. Let's go back. No, no, no. Let's go back. Sorry. Curse of sin. Christ redeems. God's promise. Aren't you just, doesn't, does that not give you peace and joy? The promise for, for Abraham was fulfilled in Christ, God's people. We are God's chosen people. We are, we are God's sons and daughters. This is what he, that's how he views us. That's how he sees us in Christ. The value there, the love, the acceptance, the grace. God's promise fulfilled in Jesus. And then guess what, guys? Those who will want to try to take control back, guess what? You can get there anyway, but you can't do it on your own. The Holy Spirit can help you do it. He will do it. He has done it. And that was given through Christ as well. So he's all you need. He's more than enough. There's no reason to go back.
to the law, to your checkbox, to your list, or what you were trying to do before, or, or let me say, what you're trying to do now. So God's grace eliminates our guilt and our feeling of obligation to follow God, and instead gives us his grace, his peace, and his freedom to follow him with his help. And so that's why we, we don't have to try to come to church just because it'll make me feel better about being accepted to God or, or serving over here when in fact I don't even know if I believe in Jesus or, or, or doing something religious so that, so that I'll feel more acceptable to him and that he'll love me more. No, stop. I, I don't have to worry about going home and checking this off for the day. No, in Christ, because through him, we, we have this freedom and we have this spirit. We have this joy. We, we come to be with God's people because this is what he desires for us and it is for our good. We, we serve other people because it is what he desires for us and it is for our good. And we don't do it out of obligation and we don't do it for a checkbox and we don't when we don't do it, we don't feel guilty because it is for the joy of the Lord. It is for the glory of God in which we do it. It is through grace that he frees us to live for him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything out of obligation, and I don't want you doing that either. What would be the best is to understand the truth of God's word that through his grace and faith in Christ's finished work on the cross, that we can live for him with his power and we can do the things that we're supposed, think we're supposed to do anyway, but not because it saves us, because it brings God glory. And in bringing God glory, it is for the good of other people. So, enduring message. Christ is more than enough. Here, watch this. Christ is more than enough. Stop it. And don't go back. To what you were doing before. And if you're doing it right now, stop it. And if you're going to try to do it again, stop it. And like Paul talking to the Galatians, go back to God's word and let him repeat it to you again and again and again and again. I need to hear the gospel every day. I need to be reminded of God's grace in my life every day. I need to be reminded of God's mercy and love in my life every day. If not, I'll go back to my religion. And I'll try to do it myself. Stop. Stop it. You know what we'll have if we stop it? and we embrace God's love and grace and truth in our lives, especially this, we'll have a more joyous, a more loving, a more peace-filled, a more thankful church. And then peace-filled, joyous, loving, thankful people do a lot of things that bring glory to God. Because peaceful, loving, joyful, thankful people Serve. Those kind of people live outside themselves. Those kind of people do what God's calling us to do. Those kind of people exist in marriages that honor God. They exist in families that honor God. They make decisions that point people to Christ. They are living expressions of God's grace. They make a difference in a city. They make a difference in a community. They touch everyone, not just people that are like us. Stop. Can't do it. He did it. In faith, 
believe in Christ if you have not. And his grace is sufficient for you and me. He's all we need to live. Let's pray together. As we